And welcome everybody to Haunting Live Podcast for Season 2, Episode 41. And uh, we do have a very special guest here that we'll get to in just a very minute here. But uh, first of all, I want to thank everybody so much for all the recent subscribers to our YouTube channel. We noticed a huge increase lately, so thank you very much for that. We appreciate it. And uh, if you haven't followed us yet, don't forget to hit that subscribe button and also like our videos that we post up here for you each and every week right here on Haunting Live Podcast with a new guest that we interview every week and this week we welcome Angela Gill all the way from Saskatchewan and she's going to be talking to us today about her spiritual journey so let's bring her on today hello hi Angela how are you doing I'm great how are you I'm wonderful thank you so much for being here I appreciate you taking your time out and joining us here at Haunting Life to talk a little bit about your journey today it's great to be here. I'm so excited. <laughs> That's wonderful. It's awesome to have you here, and I appreciate you taking your time out. Um, I know it was a bit to schedule this, so I appreciate that as well, and um, you being in a different time zone and all, so thank you. Um, but let's start with um, what drew you into becoming a medium. How did that all start for you? Well, I have been a medium or an intuitive, and I've had quite a quite developed intuition ever since any of my family can remember. Um, basically, when I started talking, it wasn't always to people who were in the room. And that was noticed right away. And uh, growing up, I just knew that I was very different. I didn't really fit in anywhere. And I actually started reading for people when I was in university for beer money. <laughs> That's honestly how I got my start. <laughs> And then it just sort of branched off into there. And I've been working professionally in Saskatoon for the last 11 years. That's wonderful. Sounds like you got into it at a good time early in life and stuff. Um, yes. Did you have any classes or how did you sort of teach yourself what you know today? How did that come about? Um, I did take some uh, sort of psychic development classes early on when I was in my 20s, just more for interest. Um, I started working with cards just on my own. And for the most part, I guess I would be considered self-taught. Um, but like I said, I didn't really have to hone my skills because I just have always been able to read people so well that it really didn't take much to um, move into reading professionally. Uh, what I did do when I moved to Saskatoon is I, I booked sessions with every medium and psychic I could find and just saw what I uh, liked about their session, how they did their bookings and like sort of more of the business aspect and took every all the pieces of what I liked and turned it into my own, uh, used it for myself and it's gone very well for me. 
That's great. It's good to do it yourself on your own way, but taking little bits and pieces that you've learned along the way and making that your own as well. Yeah. Uh, how did things develop for you after that then? Did you have a lot of success early on? Did you get a lot of people coming to you right away or how did that start to? I, I did. I got a lucky break. Um, they're one of the main radio stations here in Saskatoon was looking for a psychic and I had um, joined LinkedIn and they contacted me through there. So that was a big break to get a lot of exposure right away. And then I also started working with an organization in the States volunteer basis doing uh, missing persons. And I got a lot of exposure just from that um, in the United States and just working with law enforcement. So I got my name out there that way. And so now I do about 50% missing persons working with law enforcement and about 50% of my time is working with uh, clients one-on-one. -on -one. And it just seemed like I got just a couple lucky breaks here and there, I guess, if you want to call them lucky. And um, I don't even really advertise. I don't spend money on advertising. It's all really word of mouth. And it's, it's, I, I've been so fortunate. That's amazing that you can get people just by word of mouth. I think that's the best way to do it as well. Like it really proves your worth that way, right? Like it proves how good you are. It proves how uh, professional you are to do that if you just get word of mouth clients. Yes. And I would say most, probably 90% are word of mouth. And um, like I said, I've been very fortunate. I, I'm completely booked for 2021 and I haven't opened my books for 2022 yet, but um, considering the world that we live in, I'm just like, I count my lucky stars every day that I'm able to do this full time and, and uh, be successful at it. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about that now. How was your past year with COVID? Has that changed the way you manage your business? Has that changed the way you do readings? Um, yes, I started uh, doing more distant sessions. Like I do have quite a, a number of clients around the world, so it really didn't change it a whole lot. Um, I used to do a lot of groups and I just sort of stopped doing groups uh, just because of COVID and going into people's homes and whatnot. But other than that, um, it really hasn't changed it a whole lot. I just noticed that more people are wanting distant sessions um, either by phone or like Zoom or whatnot and um, doing email readings of all things, which I really didn't do a whole lot of them before, but a lot of people just want to stay at home. And I can appreciate that. But um, the feedback that I've gotten is from my clients is they they enjoy the sessions just as much regardless of how they're delivered. So again, it's COVID really hasn't done a whole lot, but I have had the best year professionally I've ever had. Yeah, it works both ways, I think, that way, because, like, you really get more coming into you, I think, and, but you can still do your job the same way. You just have to slightly yeah. tweak things to make it work right, I think, but mm -hmm. that's really, really awesome that you're able to still do that. Yeah, and it used to be more people were coming for mediumship, and now it's more, uh, more of the psychic intuition and predictions. A lot of people are really kind of wondering what to do, lots of relationship stuff. Uh, has come up I guess you know being in lockdown with your partner maybe you realize you don't even really like them anymore <laughs> need insight on things like that as opposed to trying to connect with spirit so that's been a change too yeah one thing during our show last year especially um, when we started doing haunting live here I would ask the guests that come on 
a specific question, and you just kind of touched on that a little bit. Um, what would you say to somebody that is stuck in lockdown and maybe they're stuck at home a lot more than they're used to being at home and they're sensing things, they're seeing things, they're not sure what they're experiencing. What would you say to somebody that's having experiences like that? Um, and do you mean like more for like on the spirit realm of things or? Um, more on the spirit realm of things, yes, but anything um, that they're not used to seeing or being around like certain energies at home, maybe they're seeing things or experiencing things that they're not used to. Um, what would you say to somebody that's in that situation? If, well, it depends what, what specifically they were asking for. If it was more like they were starting to pick up on maybe odd behaviors about people in the home and the energy shifted and they were feeling a little bit more uncomfortable, I would definitely tell them, I would tune into the energy and see if I saw any red flags or if it was maybe them just being paranoid and we could go from there about different things that they could do. Um, I'm a big advocate for mental health and counseling. So I do tell people to reach out to those resources if it feels like that's something that would benefit them. Or on the flip side, if they are at home and noticed, you know, the flickering lights or like different sort of like paranormal things, then we'll definitely discuss different ways uh, that they can help neutralize that energy on their own. Or if they have to reach out to somebody a little bit more experienced and help get a clearing from there. So, um, and I've had clients with both uh, reach out to me wondering what was going on. So I think just maybe with the state of the world and how much negativity, it's sort of a breeding ground for more sort of low vibration, negative energies that are could come into the home that they're not used to. Or when it comes to like relationship or mental health stuff, then we can definitely go down that avenue and kind of uh, tune into their partner and into them and just see how their relationship actually is going. Yeah, good points, because there's both sides of that, right? There's the mental health side, which is a huge issue right now for a lot of people, and also the spiritual side of things as well. So that's really yeah. awesome. Um, the thing, too, which I don't know if every psychic medium does, but I know I do, is I really know where my boundaries are when it comes to working with people's mental health. Like, I'm not a registered psychologist, and I don't pretend to be. And so if I do know that somebody is local, I do have uh, registered psychologists that I refer to that I know personally and work with. And if I don't have, if it's somebody out of town or, you know, across the world, I definitely encourage them to seek out like professional help in whatever area that yeah that's good that you have that kind of training as a medium because i think those are connected i think the mental health is connected with the spiritual health as well so um even when we do our side of things which is paranormal investigations we have to take that into account as well with our clients so if we go into a home um, we're going into their space, right? So we have to kind of assess the situation as well and figure out, okay, is this person experiencing paranormal or are they experiencing mental issues? So we have to kind of walk that boundary as well. Yeah. Have you noticed that you've gotten more calls since COVID with people being locked down? Uh, no, we haven't. We've been stuck at home for the last year or so, so we have not been able to get out or do anything in investigation side of things, which is where this show came from. Uh, we decided to start uh, doing more networking and having guests on to talk about their experiences during COVID and n network with more people that way. So, yeah. yeah, I guess so. I never thought about that. We were only in lockdown for maybe a month where other parts of the country, it was absolutely a lot longer for sure. 
yeah, like right now here in Ontario, our numbers are on the increase again. So I don't know if they're going to be thinking about another one or not, because we just got out of the fourth wave here. And I don't know if things are going to get worse or not. So it looks like they're going the wrong direction at this moment. But Oh, dear. <laughs> That's not good. No. Hopefully they'll change soon and uh, go back down. But um, anyways, back to your experiences as a medium. I want to ask you um, next if you have had any experiences that you would like to talk about and share today. Um, just about any paranormal stuff that you've had happen to you while you're doing your mediumship work. Um, yes, actually. It was called. I tell this particular story uh, quite often just because it, I think, will be burnt into my brain for the rest of my life. Um, well, there's a few. I've been fortunate enough, uh, not fortunate for the person who is experiencing it, but fortunate enough that I uh, do have a personal relationship with a few of the priests here in Saskatoon, and I was able to uh, witness uh, an exorcism, which I thought was absolutely wild. Um, and it is what I was able to see was everything that they show in the movies and more. It was crazy. But uh, the one that I really will will stick out in my mind, it was when I was first uh, working with clients and I actually didn't have an office space at the time. So I would go to people's homes for their sessions. And um, this lady in particular was saying that, you know, she felt like there was some paranormal activity in the home. She wanted a session. And I said, sure, I can come by. And when I got there, I had never felt anything like that in my life. It um, literally felt like there was water on the walls, like the walls felt cold and wet. And it was in a residential home. So it wasn't, you know, there was... Um, there was no way that that could be. And it didn't look like there was any water leaks in the house or anything. And um, she was a, pretty hesitant for me to go downstairs. And, and um, but she wanted me to check out the basement. And I said, sure, the basement was unfinished. And it was a fairly new home. So I'm like, okay, I'll take a look down there. And she's like, yeah, you know, most of the activity is downstairs. And she just stood at the top of the stairs. And um, for whatever reason, only one of the light bulbs, of course, <laughs> was working in the basement. And, and the stairs was, were literally going down right into the middle of the basement. So there was the whole sort of open area with a furnace in one corner. So I get to the bottom of the stairs and um, there was a little mat on the floor right there, but the rest of the basement was concrete and I get to the bottom and I'm like, oh, okay, well, it's a little kind of dark in here. But then I got a little glint of something sort of like a black flash in the corner of my eye. So I turn and I look and I'm like going around the staircase towards the furnace. And I saw it was like this black shadow and it was sort of like zipping along the wall. And I'm thinking to myself, oh my God, Angela, okay, like you're a professional. This is okay. Even though internally I was freaking out. And so I would just follow, I followed it and it was like zipping and I had absolute chills. But again, I'm like trying to be like calm and cool. And I could hear her at the top of the stairs. She's like, did you see the shadow man? <laughs> like, yeah, I think I did. <laughs> and I'm following it around and I'm not joking. I am not joking. I'm not lying to you. This is, I get around the stairs and I go back and I'm like, I, all of the hair on like the back of my neck was standing up 
And I'm like, I have to get out of this house. I don't know what I'm going to do, but like, I don't think I can help this lady. But it was like this panic about me having to like run out of there. And I get to the front of the stairs again, and there was two dead birds on the carpet. They were not there before because they stepped on the carpet. The lady didn't have a cat, nothing. And I looked and there's these dead birds and I just shot up the stairs. I don't think I've run up the stairs that fast in my life. And she gets to the top of the stairs. She's like, did you see it? I'm like, yeah. And she wasn't there. She like kind of stepped away and she's like, did it leave anything for you? And I'm like, were there dead birds there before? And she's like, it's doing it again. I'm like, this is out of my scope. I don't know if I can help you. But I'll call you if I, I, let me figure out who I can get here for you instead. And I literally just shot out of there. That is a little freaky, actually. Like, were were the birds physical or do you think they were like a visual image? No, I feel like they were, in my mind, like in my memory, like I feel like they were real. I don't know where they came from, but I drove home. And my front door was yellow at the time. I've since moved, but at the front, my front door was yellow and the main part of the door was glass. And when I walked uh, by my young son at the time was like, mom, there's somebody at the door. And I looked through the smoke glass and it literally, there was like a black figure there. And I was like, Sounds like a bit of an attachment. Maybe he actually attached himself to you as well. Well, I think he tried to follow me home. I did go to a healer after that. And they were like, yeah, whatever you had come in contact with felt almost demonic. You shouldn't go back. You're all clear. Everything is good. But from then, I promptly got an office. So that I wouldn't have to go to people's houses anymore. And that lady uh, never did call me back so i'm not sure what that was all about but yeah you know what just my intuitive from you telling me the story i'm picking up sort of a different side of things on that i'm Mm. thinking she was into some negative things and you were just that one person that was willing to come over for her kind of thing and got into it you know what i 100 percent agree but at the time i was sort of like new and naive and I just wanted to help everybody. But now I actually, it was a few years ago when I look back and thought about it, I'm like, she was doing something for sure. That's what it sounds like to me as well. Like I think there's some probably dark magic or something involved in that aspect, but um, I believe that too. it's a good thing you got out of there. I think so. Definitely. And I'm, I'm glad she didn't actually return my call and like want me to come back or else I would, I don't know what I would have done. But that's a good lead into my next question then, because you mentioned earlier that you do work alongside law enforcement on cold case files. So how does your intuition play into um, cases like that? Is there anything that you can talk about with those type of cases? Um, I have had a lot of success with them. Um, because some 
mediums or psychics when they get visions of where missing people or cold cases or whatever they're really vague with their descriptions it would be like oh I see them but they're you know beside like a red barn and there's a green bush or things like that and what kind of make, made me a little bit different is I um, have extensive knowledge with working with uh, navigation I'm actually trained as a pilot and so um being able to get, uh, I just sort of developed my own way working with like Google Maps and their last known location where I would get, um, I would start doing my own map work and then give actual coordinates of where I feel uh, the police should start doing their searches. And it seems to have worked very well. Like the closest that I actually got uh, working with, it was uh, law enforcement down in Arizona. I was three and a half feet the coordinates were three and a half feet from where they found the person. So it's close. <laughs> and um, now I don't like, I never reach out to law enforcement. They reach out to me or uh, I get referred to, from families. And then I ask them to contact law enforcement. I never work with them directly uh, like families directly. And I, I just feel like uh, to be professional, if the law enforcement agency that is assigned to that missing person or cold case wants to work with me, they're more than welcome to, but I never force myself on them. And um, it seems to do well, but like I, I've developed a whole sort of like protocol going into a meditative state, getting as much information as I can, doing some automatic writing, getting all of that going back, getting some of the details where like last known location and things like that. And then I have a whole system of what I do. It's actually pretty complex, <laughs> but it seems to yield pretty good results. That's good. Yeah. Um, that's what I was going to ask you as well. What kind of tools do you use when you do cases like that? Do you use just intuitive or do you use like pendulums, like yes or no answers or do you use cards or? Uh, no, no cards. I uh, go into a meditative, like I said, I go into a meditative state. Um, I do a lot of pendulum work as well. And uh, then I'll even like just check my work with a pendulum to make sure that I'm on the right track and whatnot. And then I uh, literally use like Google map coordinates as well as my final report that I give them. And how many cases have you been on? Like, has it been a lot of cases that they've you've helped with? I, or? I've just crossed over the 400 threshold that I've worked on individually. Wow, so that's a lot, a lot of cases. Yeah. Um, and from all over the world there, I help locate a fishing boat in India. And there was like numerous people I've worked uh, with multiple uh like dozens of human trafficking cases um there's been some missing persons in in italy uh the only thing that i find with uh working with people from around the world is a lot of times that they don't have a good interpreter and i don't have access to good interpreters here in saskatoon so sometimes the, the language barrier makes it a little bit difficult but for the most part oh and japan um, that one was really quite interesting. I've, yeah, they've been all over. Are you able to talk about any, like, can you give descriptions or is that kind of like under lock and key? Um, well, 
I try not to, um, especially when it comes to like homicides and cold cases because of the nature. Um, I also don't want to put myself or my kids in harm's way because if people know that I'm actively working on cases that might get them in jail. I <laughs> don't want them coming after me. Um, but I could talk about the the fishing boat that went down in, in India. That one was really interesting. Yeah, sure. If there's uh, one that you can sort of elaborate on, that would be great. Yeah, so it was a few years ago, and a fishing vessel went down off the coast. It was um, a f- just off the coast of India. It was actually a, a fishing boat from Indonesia, and there were missing 22 sailors at the time as well. So they wanted me to try to locate as many sailors as possible, which was very difficult because they're all moving targets, so to speak, in the water. They're just constantly moving. And uh, they also wanted to try to locate the boat, which I found kind of the details of that one. I was like, oh, for sure, gung-ho. And then when I started to think about it, I'm like, why don't they have GPS? And so different things, I'm like, it might not actually have been as illegitimate of a boat as they were trying to portray it (laughs) at the start but I was able to locate the boat and from there uh, give them a direction of where to find some of the sailors and they did find four out of the 22 which unfortunately wasn't a whole lot I wanted to be able to find more but that one I found like I said particularly difficult because of the language barrier for one and two, they were constantly moving. And in that particular area, I felt like the the weather played a part in it too. And so by the time I would send them information, like they could be miles away. (laughs) And that one I worked on for a few weeks, just going back and forth and back and forth. And they were able to find some people, which was great. they did end up um, putting something and naming me in a paper in India, which I thought was kind of, I, I always ask not to be named, but maybe with the language barrier, they didn't say that. And when it came out, um, my Instagram went up by 5,000 uh, <laughs> 5, followers. And I think I got like almost 10,000 followers on Facebook and all overnight. So when I, I looked at my stuff, the notifications were crazy. It was all, all people from India and I'm like, Oh boy. (laughs) So, um, other than that, uh, lots of local ones. Um, I've been able to work on, um, one that was in particular, uh, there's a missing girl here in Saskatchewan and she has been getting a lot of recognition um, for being, she's a very famous missing person and I was able to work on that one. Unfortunately, the police were not willing to work with us at the time. And um, so I still believe that I found the location of her but the police actually asked us, um, and it was APTN News too, the police actually started to threaten them, saying that we needed to leave. And so that made me feel even more like there was something there. But, um, you know, that would be the most sort of notorious one I feel locally that I've worked on. Um, That really, didn't yield the results that I wanted, but it's still in my gut. I feel like I found something. I just 
Yeah, figure. you probably found something, especially if the police are leaning towards you don't need to be here kind of thing, like shying yes. you away. Um, has Spirit led you to any of these cases directly? Like, how has Spirit involved your work in that? Well, that one in particular, um, we were out one day and we did have a news crew with us. And um, it was just initially, um, I was actually with Tom Charles at the time, the late Tom Charles, and he had thought it was in this one particular direction. And so we went with him with that and he was kind of going one way with the news crew and I just kind of started um I just kind of got this nagging feeling that I should be going the other way and uh so we were on this sort of um grid road or uh gravel road and out of nowhere and there's like no houses nearby no nothing there was literally a little black kitten on the road no mom nearby nothing and I'm like what it was meowing and then it went into these trees and I just followed it and the kitten just sat in this one spot and I looked all around and I'm like, oh my gosh, this cat led me to where she is. And it was very, very obvious that there was something that ground was disturbed and there was um, prayer flags all around marking it. And I'm like, well, what did I just find? So I feel like it was her spirit went through into that little kitten because there was no other cats around. That's very interesting. I think so as well. It sounds like the cat definitely led you to the location. Oh, 100%. And that yeah. must have been spirit enhanced as well. So I believe so. And I had dreamt of that girl who was missing for years, and I haven't dreamt of her since. Was that case solved then, or is it still ongoing? No, it's still ongoing. Well, hopefully it will be solved soon. Hopefully they will take a hint that it was like, well, we can't solve it, but maybe we should look at this direction. I, I hope so. It's uh, nearing the 20-year mark that she's been missing, so you would think that they would follow up on anything, but they definitely didn't want to surround there that day. Yeah, maybe they just had their own focus or something that day that they were like, well, we have this evidence to follow and we need to do yeah. our work kind of thing. So, Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Well, um, anyways, thank you so much, Angela. I really appreciate you uh, sharing your story, sharing your tales that you have of your experiences as well. They were amazing. Um, anything that you'd like to talk about before we do let you go here today? You know, I think I've talked a lot. It's been great. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Uh, no, thank you. It's been wonderful having you as a guest. I know you're all the way in Saskatchewan, so thank you for the the time difference and stuff and scheduling this with us. I appreciate that and um, appreciate you being here on Haunting Life. Uh, do you have a website or anything that people can look you up on or Facebook? or? Yes, I do. Facebook is just my name, Angela Gale, and my website is just angelagale.ca. Okay, wonderful. Thank you very much again. Um, hope you have a great rest of your weekend and uh, thank you again for coming on. It's been wonderful to hear your journey. Awesome. Thank you so much. Have a great weekend too. Yes, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And that was Angela Gill. She joined us all the way from Saskatchewan this week and uh, thank her for being on Haunting Life podcast this week. And um, it was wonderful to have her on and talk about her journey through her mediumship and share some of her stories that she had as well. 
Uh, so for everybody that's been following us lately on YouTube, again, we really appreciate all the recent subscribers to our channel. Um, if you're new here, uh, this is what we do. We take um, a new guest each and every week and talk about their experiences and um, talk about their journey through their mediumship journey and uh, what they want to share. So uh, thank you very much for tuning in. Um, other than that, don't forget to check out our website, which is hauntedlifepodcast.com, our official website. We have lots of information up there. Of course, all of our past episodes as well. We also have a merch store, if you don't know. Uh, we sell spiritual merch as well, so you can get crystals and smudging materials and stuff like that directly through us here, Haunting Light Podcast. And um, yeah, don't forget to check that out. Don't forget to also sign up for our mailing list. We do send out mailers uh, once a month here just to show you what's coming up. Uh, different guests that are coming on the show as well. So you get a heads up on what's uh, going to be happening the next month here at Haunted Eye Podcast if you sign up for our mailer. Other than that, guys, take care. We will be back here right here next week, hopefully live. But um, sometimes we do do a record show as well. Uh, but um, don't forget to check us out each and every week right here on Haunting Live Podcast, Sundays at 4 o'clock. So thank you very much, and we'll see you guys back here next week.